Uh, what's up, beautiful people? Uh, welcome back to Free Game. I, I don't even know what episode this is right now. Um, it, it's kind of cool. I actually have like a nervous energy right now, which I never get. So that's that's awesome. We got the guys from, um, I guess, just a bunch of different things. But we'll say True North Experiences. Uh, Mike Goldberg is going to be the co-host, and, and it's your boy Luke Jirasi today. Um, so just kind of a little bit. I'm going to do a very brief intro on kind of how we met, and then I'm going to let these guys introduce themselves and, and wherever this goes. Hopefully, you guys learn something and you know can better your lives and be more fulfilled spiritually from from this conversation um all right so the way we met was uh through jesse Isler's elite 365 program and um these guys just facilitated the program and, and that was the event that you've heard me talk about on this a million times with uh, minnesota jumping in the ice we've now had a couple guests from from there on here now um just a life-changing experience and then mike has been on here in the past you know former CEO and was running hospitals and I, I thought it'd just be awesome to have him as a co-host so thank you hey, Mike thanks thanks for having me good morning of, of course of course um I'm gonna these guys go around the room and introduce themselves uh, here's Jake Peranto like Toronto mm -hmm. yeah so Jake Peranto I uh grew up in Minnesota I first got introduced to Luis through my balance beam so Peranto Creations is the company that uh, I created based on Kind of my philosophy in training is everything starts from the ground up, starting with your feet, bottom of your feet, toes, hips, ankles, stabilizing muscles, and um, you know, just through the the realm of the world that we live in, I got introduced to Luis and kind of hit it off right away. Started teaching there, and then eventually got to the point where <clears throat> we co-hosted a retreat and met all you guys, and kind of just history after that. That's awesome. And then the sauna poppy, Luis Leonardo. <laughs> yeah, that's me right here. Sauna poppy, Luis. Uh, yeah, I'm. I kind of I like to make the the introduction as I'm I'm the guy from Guatemala that moved to Minnesota, hated the winter, and learned how to love the winter. Uh, and now I get the honor to teach people all the benefits of doing cold therapy, sauna. Uh, but yeah, I'm the founder of Embrace North, uh, and that's a business that we have in Minneapolis for a subscription for people to be able to try sauna and cold therapy. Uh, and I'm the co-founder of Build to Breathe with Harrison. Um, and we're also involved with the sauna puppy as a brand, as a lifestyle. So we're kind of in, I'm kind of sharing all of this uh, passion that I have for, for the elements these days. But literally, I, I kind of met all of you guys through bringing the the real winter experience to the table so i'll, I'll leave it there to keep it a little shorter <laughs> just on the intro here now yeah yeah and then harrison klein uh founder of built to breathe and just sounds a bunch of other stuff too yeah yeah thanks so much for having us luke and first off just want to say the energy here is awesome like we got such a cool squad and super hyped for this this podcast and this day um yeah, I met everyone through the through Luis through our retreat last year with Jesse and in, in February, and um, I'd originally gotten into that world kind of on my own through breathwork and cold exposure in my basement doing Wim Hof method, and I was in the corporate world at the time, and then I was like, "There's this place that's doing sauna and cold. I'm gonna go check it out." Immediately met Luis. I was like, "I'm gonna work with this guy mm -hmm. somewhere down the road. I'm gonna work with him." Um, and now fast forward a year and a year and a half and we have built to breathe and the sauna poppy embrace north is humming we're going to start to do some true north experiences with this squad so um it's pretty cool we got a lot of a lot of good things cooking here awesome man awesome and then matt aarons um organic regenerative farmer 
also i'm sorry i don't know the name of the farm is it spring S- spring lake farm spring lake farm and it, you take it from here yeah so matt aarons i'm the guy that decided to travel abroad live abroad france tanzania other places and realize how backward their food system was and got on a corporate and decided to farm uh so now i'm doing small scale organic market garden farming producing for about 80 to 90 families a week and believe it or not it was snowing in minnesota and i was harvesting lettuce and spinach the other day so <laughs> he's telling me that yesterday <laughs> that shit is crazy <laughs> and then we got mike goldberg the, the co-host who, who's been on here before and just a man of many talents and, and experiences and a really interesting mindset i think you guys are gonna really enjoy him as the co-host today um i think that's a kind of a perfect way to segue into this though because we're talking about like building your your fitness from the feet up i'm imagining everything comes from the inside first right so the food what explain your experience from being overseas and what you how it changed your relationship with food yeah Mike I, was telling us a group, sorry no i mean my first my first real experience with i think food outside the united states was when i was living in france we had i mean i was over there interning for the state department and i was playing college football at the time i was training heavily i went over at like 215 came back home at 195 but in france i was eating more food than i'd ever eaten in my life and i just felt great my inflammation was down and then immediately when i came back to the u.s it was like I felt like crap. Hmm. And one of the big things over there is I was helping to lead a visit from then Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack and then the head of the um, Ministry of Agriculture of France over there. They were doing a little bit of a summit. And Vilsack pushing GMOs, pushing corporate kind of food and corporate seed into Europe. Well, the French Minister of Agriculture was like, that's never happening while I'm there because then you see what happens in the U S with Monsanto and Bayer and all the other large food companies and chemical companies and seed companies that get involved and dictate our food system. And then you have what we have today. And so I think that was a huge awakening moment of food tasted amazing. Like I'd never tasted food that was that good, just at a base level. I felt amazing. And then I could tell how crappy I felt when I came back. And it's all related to government policies so, around our food. So aside from the, <coughs> the, the things that our food in this country are, I, I guess, filled with, the, yep. the external things that get added to it, were there any dietary restrictions that you had when you were in France? Because here you get, the, you get the advice, which is very much necessary, stay away from this, stay away from yep. that, and try to eat as natural as you can. But a lot of people notice that when they go overseas or they go to another yep. country, they could eat all of those ingredients that we're told to stay away from in the United States, right? The dairies, the glutens, the other things, the pastas. What, did, what was your experience in France? So when I was interning there, that was in 2014, I was gluten-free and I'm still gluten-free, but I stayed gluten-free during that time. But when I went back, I ended up eating, eating whatever I wanted and I didn't have any effects. I also had a buddy who then, when we were traveling back over, was severely lactose intolerant in the United States. Well, when we were over in France, I was like, you just got to try the dairy. I promise you nothing's going to happen. Nothing happened. That's Like, he was totally fine. Like, no issues at all. And so you just kind of look at our food systems and you go, why do we have all of these food allergies in the United States versus Europe where you just don't see it at that scale? Mm -hmm. So... I mean, yeah, and you can just feel the difference. 
the, what uh, so what is it it's the chemicals they put in like the gluten it's cause so, the, the, so you're saying like the same product over there like doesn't cause the same reaction right yeah so there's different strains of lactose too based on the cow and the milk number one and then number two for like wheat products the parts per million for the types of seed if i remember correctly is different over in europe than the seed strains that we use in the united states and so that has a huge impact on your gut's ability to either manage the inflammation or what so it's not even the chemicals it's the seeds that we use well then the chemicals add a whole the other <laughs> aspect to it <laughs> the other shit which is very processed different yeah. compared to us to overseas yeah okay that kind of made me think <laughs> of the Coca-Cola story. So Mike told us a funny story when we were picking the guys up from the airport yesterday. Um, that kind of segues perfectly into this. Mike, you want to tell them about people's addiction with uh, Coca-Cola? What would you experience in the, in the hospital? And, and I'm sure that you guys kind of segue by fitness matters. Yeah. So, I mean, number one, every one of us that are sitting here today are interested in health and wellness and fitness, right? And so that became one of the core principles that I had when running the hospital and we had as a, as a company as well. And there's this, this experience that I had uh, while being the CEO of the hospital that really, it surprised me, right? It was one of the times that I saw people behave the worst. And that was that our company in a corporate department took away soda and sugary drinks and chocolates from our ability to purchase them in the hospitals, which is the right idea, right? It's let's promote wellness and health. We're a healthcare organization. We're taking care of people who are unwell. In a place let's, where people are sick. In a, in a place where people are sick. <laughs> let's not make that worse by also selling them the things that are gonna make them need our services. Mm -hmm. So 100% the, the, right, the, right, uh, the right decision to strive for, the right goal to, to, to try to attain. But it was a very abrupt and sudden yeah. change when it was removed from the ability for the, the business entities to make the purchases. And the employees were incredibly angry, right? I mean, think about what we just saw, I think, during the summertime, right, with the, uh, you know, my body, my choice type of movements, right? Same thing was true with people who suddenly didn't have the ability to purchase Coke in the hospital. And we had some of the most angry interactions with our team members, right? It was worse than if you took somebody's paycheck away. It was wow. worse than if you took their time off away. It was, you know, I'm an adult, I can make my decisions. And so we had a bunch of town hall meetings and, and I invited the people who were behind the decision to come and listen to the team members, right? So I thought it was important for the people who made this decision and put this policy in place to also be able to educate the team members on why they did it, but see the impact of the decision that they make, right? They, in a corporate environment, a lot of times decisions get made behind the scenes from people who don't have to live with the consequences of those decisions. And it was one of the most angry town halls that I ever hosted in, in the role that I had in, in the years of running the hospital. And ultimately, um, I was in the gift shop one day and I just went there for something, chapstick or whatever. And I hear this person screaming and cursing at the cashier, right? And so I peek my head around the, the, the corner and the cashier looks at me and was like, this happens all day, every day. And here you have two colleagues working at the same company, treating each other incredibly inappropriately, all because that person was stressed for whatever reason. Maybe they just worked on a patient coding for 20 minutes, their energy was depleted, and all they wanted was a Coke and a Snickers, mm -hmm. and they couldn't get it, right? And that, to me, was the, that was the, 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 the line that you, can, you can't cross, right? We have to support our team members in all situations, 
and support them through the journey of wellness, right? And in that moment, um, I figured out what the workaround was for the gift shop to still be able to purchase Coke and and chocolates. Uh, I had a nice interaction with the two people so that they can calm down, but but I gave them the permission to start to buy Coke again in limited quantities, but make it available for those people who needed it, right? Felt like they still can make a decision as an adult. And I would honestly tell them in these town halls, we failed the experiment in this mm. country, right? You were just talking about the food, mm-hmm. Matt. We failed the experiment that we can, as a grown-up adult, make the right decisions for us and our children around our health. You look at the obesity numbers on the graphs that changed from the early 80s when they were, f- when they were starting to be tracked to where they are, right? State after state after state became, becomes more obese. And then the degree of obesity grows even that much more exponentially. So we failed, right? Again, the idea being that we should eliminate sugary drinks from from everybody's diet. But the approach needed to change. And so um, two things happened when I brought the Coke back into the hospital. (laughs) One, word spread throughout the organization because it was a multi-hospital organization. And I get a phone call a half hour later from a peer that runs another hospital. And he goes, hey, the, the lady who runs my gift shop was just walking by and was like, hey, Michael's Hospital just added a uh, Coke back. <laughs> and he's like, what are you talking about? She's like, yeah, he's not taking this shit anymore. That's great. <laughs> he's adding it back. <laughs> but what was behind that was really the decision to make a, a concerted effort to educate our team members to the point where they would make the right choice and not choose that Coke or that Snickers. And then by the time that the education is that is so pervasive in the organization, you can remove the Coke and no one would notice, mm-hmm. right? And that's the difference between a thoughtful operational implementation plan versus somebody who just has a goal in mind and says, we're just going to change the way things are done, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, so It's just fucking nuts when you think about it. Like, the angriest people that got <laughs> in a town hall meeting from yeah. during, was that during COVID too? It was pre-COVID, but even during COVID, when everybody feared for their lives, Right, and were uncertain that the mask that they were wearing was actually going to save them or their family members. The mask that can't stop a fart. Yeah, like <laughs> that mask. <Seriously>, though, <laughs> that made people less angry and less violent than taking away their Coca-Cola, which is the stranglehold that, is. that yeah. food has on this country. Totally. I so mean, like one of the other examples, like we brought fourth graders onto the farm, and we do like a harvest day with them. They get to try all these different foods from the farm. And the first group that came out, we harvested both carrots and salad turnips. And salad turnips you just can't find in the grocery store. Nobody knows what they are. They're a specialty little farm. Um, thing I've never heard offer. of them. They're insane. They're good. so good. And then the second group came. It started raining, so we only harvested carrots. Well, that first group was way more likely to eat the salad turnips afterwards when we were doing a bunch of the taste testing with everything. They just devoured them. The second group won't even touch them. They won't go near them. They won't try them. And so, like, that experience that these kids had with actually pulling a salad turnip out mm-hmm. of the ground, yeah. like, giving them that positive experience was something that they could then say, like, oh, I have an experience with this thing. Now I'm more likely to try mm-hmm. it. That's interesting. And oh. so, like, we see it how we've removed people away from our food system where they have no idea how a crop is grown. They have no idea where it's grown. They don't know what it takes. And there's no appreciation for it and so the only thing you get is then big food marketing towards what we all talk about is kind of your 
inner desires, which is sugar. Like your body craves that stuff as a drug. It's addic it's as addictive as cocaine. And so you see that day in and day out. So then the Coke story, when you told that, it blew my mind because it's just like <laughs> over Coke. Over Coke. Over Coke. Literally over Coke. You have people fighting and yelling at each other because they can't have a pop. That's it's just <clears throat> nuts, man. And and we talked about this yesterday in the car ride back. Um, I used to be a teacher. And just, I, I was a history teacher, but imagine if like in health class, right, they learned the benefits of breathing or sauna or, or fitness. Um, like in those stressful situations, uh, maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't, but like maybe they don't need the Coke. Or, or can you do the breathing exercises? Um, I'm actually not that familiar with the, the breath work. My wife does it, but I just haven't learned it yet, which I need to. <laughs> like, can you do breath work like that, like in, an off, in a hospital setting? Yeah, 100%. What the, I guess the barriers, you know, are, are people thinking it's kind of that spiritual woo-woo side of things. And, and what we're really trying to do is make it functional. Like we should be doing it before almost any setting. First okay. thing in the morning, let's do some breath work. It doesn't have to be in a magical place to do breath work and get you to that meditative state. You know, you create that on your own. Um, so it can be implemented in any situation. Every single one of us is breathing all day long. Literally, we're breathing all day. The first thing that happens when we come to life is we breathe. The last thing we're going to do is we're going to breathe. So there's something powerful about it, you know, and it kind of comes from that spiritual woo-woo world. Yeah. But it's like, can we hone that in? Still bring in some of that, those concepts and those modalities, but bring it into this functional setting, the which is like a hospital. The Aramaic word for um, breath was the same word for spirit. Like breath, breath with spirit. And that yeah. was like yeah. your... Holy spirit in a way. Yeah, too. yeah the, the holy... Yeah. Um, how long and is there a certain type you do like like Wim Hof or like is there like so let's say somebody listening or myself that really obviously I want to learn that I'm going to pick your brain later but like let's say for somebody listening like some of the homies back home that maybe have no fucking clue on any of this right yeah. um, is there something they could look up could they look you up what would be like a way that somebody could learn it so if my boy hates his corporate job and hasn't left yet instead of just ripping somebody's head off he can, yeah. <laughs> or needing a Coca-Cola right or, or worse like they can do something like that what would what would be an approach yeah yeah well that's you've made up some great points right there a lot of people are in the corporate world and they are stressed out all the time and the the modality i do in the morning is like wim hof method but it's very much intensive breathing so it's building up this energy and creating intentional stress so it's controlled stress for your body and mind and then you go into breath holds and when you're in that breath hold you're in this alkaline state and your blood flow is just rushing and you're like you feel like you're like tripping, you know, you feel like you're on a, you're in Sign a different world and you created that on your own. You're, you're throwing around energy, you're moving things, you're getting things going. And sometimes you get that, like you get a runner's high when you go on a long run and you're crushing, you just like zone out. Mm -hmm. That's what breath work is doing at its, at its core. Obviously it's, there's science behind it and it's biochemical changes resulting in state changes for your brain. Do you know what those are? The biochemical yeah. changes? Yeah. I, I well, don't. I, so like the Wim Hof method is very upregulating. That would be, it's gonna change your nervous system response to more of a sympathetic drive, which is gonna put you in like a fight or flight. And when we were evolving, fight or flight was like run from that tiger, you right. know, or, or run from <laughs> that animal or whatever. We gotta survive, we gotta, we have to make our way somehow. And now if you can control that response, so you get to sit with that energy, that adrenaline, that it's dopamine, noradrenaline pumping through your system, and you do it more and more, you start to learn to control it and you cultivate it. And then you go into these breath holds and you sit in this breath hold and you're like, whoa, like 
I should be freaking out and panicking. You kind of get that at first, and then you learn to drop. You learn to just surrender. And as soon as you can surrender, that stress hormone is gonna like leave. The cortisol production is gonna go. And that's what's building up in the corporate world all the time. And an, another part of this is breathing functionally. So if we're breathing through our neck, and this is a good way to, to talk about it, but you should never be breathing through your neck and shoulders or your mouth. What, is, what does that mean? So my neck and shoulders just rose when I, when I breathe. Yeah, but we should be breathing through our nose into our, into our belly. That's a good thing for people to know because I did not for know sure. that. So yeah. there's, that's I thought why it, I thought that was a, a deep breath was yeah. when you're, you <laughs> yeah. know, your neck and shoulders I rise. Know. We, we all do because we see like Superman and Popeye, their chests are big. We see people like taking big freshes of breath air and Febreze commercials. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's like that. They're going like that. And that's just to show things. Um, and we're getting conditioned by society to breathe with secondary breathing muscles, which are our neck and shoulders. And that's causing stress and tension. We breathe 20,000 times a day. So if we're breathing 20,000 times a day through our mouth, which is inefficient, through our neck and shoulders, which is stressful. That's going to create this ongoing stress for the human. So immediately in the morning, the first thing I'm doing is breathing diaphragmatically through my lower belly. And now I, I know how to do it properly. So I do it super intensely. Then I go into those breath holds. And then right after that, I go into cold water. So the, the breath primes you for the cold water, it primes you for the day. But it also is like the most stressful thing you're gonna you're gonna do, because then when you go into the, your meeting later, you're yeah. already in this state where so you're like, I already did that, you wh know. What does what does the amount of time look like to have an, an effect? So think about like the business, the, the busy business professional, right? Yeah. About to go into a meeting, or you know, in a hospital, they're about to go into surgery or deal with somebody in an emergency room. How long does this take, and when is the ideal time to spend the time breathing in order to get to a nice, calm? You know, I don't want to say relaxed, but manageable state yeah. that feels different than what they're usually used to with a stressful environment. For sure. Like calm alertness mm -hmm. is kind of what you're looking for. And um, there's a bunch of different tools and modalities and techniques. That's what we're doing with Built to Breathe. It's, it's not just the Wim Hof method. It's not just like big, deep breathing at the, the night. In the middle of the day when you have a meeting, let's do four minutes of different techniques but if you extend your exhale it's going to induce a parasympathetic response so if we all so what's the difference between parasympathetic and sympathetic that's like rest and parasympathetic so rest and digest up, and sympathetic is like is jacked up like parasympathetic adrenaline like you gotta go okay. sympathetic yeah. parasympathetic is rest digest it's relax like, okay like chill yeah uh, nice man but again it's not like you're gonna fall asleep chill yeah, you know yeah. it's this like mental clarity and alertness that you would want so if we all took like three breaths and we extended our exhale for 10 seconds, it's automatically going to put us in a parasympathetic response. So it doesn't take that long. Yeah. You know, you could do five minutes. You could do up to 30 minutes. Some people are doing hour-long breathwork journeys and then they're going to different places. But On the shorter side, though, for somebody about to go into a meeting, is four minutes ideal? Can you do something in two minutes? You, what? you could do it in two. I would say my, like, honey hole when I was in the corporate world was, like, five to eight minutes of... You know, I would do a little bit of Wim Hof style, so a little bit of that more energizing, and then a couple breath holds, and then right before the meeting, I'm doing like three seconds in, like nine to 10 seconds out. So I'm really getting into that calm state, <clears throat> but I built some energy up before it. And that only took like five to eight minutes to do that, you know? And I guess one of the good things about breath is that you could probably do it in the meeting. Exactly, 100%. that was the next thing I was Discreetly, say, right? 100%. Yeah. Like 
right here I'm breathing I'm making sure that I'm breathing through my nose because you should always be breathing through your nose and then talking about the functional breath making sure my diaphragm's going on the inhale going down and mm -hmm. out the thorax or the intercoastal muscles in between the ribs are working properly so understanding how to functionally breathe and then you just do it because you breathe constantly right so yeah. you practice 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 and it just becomes second nature a habit yeah. we form yeah. a positive yeah. habit with it yeah and, one of, and one of the big things about the breathing part is when we think about logical decision making versus emotional decision making you're much more um, you're going to make a decision much more emotionally if you're jacked up kind of panicking yeah, in a way sure. stressed out mm -hmm. Whereas if you're sitting in a meeting calm, extending your exhale, you're activating the parasympathetic, you're thinking more logically, you're able to answer questions more, you're actually hearing what's happening. Whereas if we're in this stressed out state, which a lot of us get before a meeting, we're not hearing everything that's happening. And, and so if we can next. even, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so if we can slow that down during the meeting and then also knowing your transition periods between meetings, right? Like some people have back to back to back to back. Well, your body can't handle that back to back to back. There's a reason why people get super burnt out during the day from back to back to back meetings. Mm -hmm. So how can you use that transition state? And again, it's calming your nervous system down. So extending that exhale. So three, four second in to six, eight, 10 second out yeah. for four to five minutes. And that's about it. And you've put your body in a position to transition those states. Yeah, totally. Um, and that's all you have to do throughout the day. It's that, it's actually that simple. Yeah, it's like what I always try to teach my athletes or myself, it's like, if I'm <clears throat> getting ready for a workout, like we'll, we'll do intentional breath to upregulate, calm, like do all the things that we need to do pre-workout and then post-workout. It's the down regulations, the shifting down, letting everything sink in from the workout intention to what we just did and then shifting to what what's your next part of your day like you have blocks throughout your day of what you usually do because we're creatures of habit so it's like setting the intention with your breath moving into your next well, uh, what do you mean intention with your breath like parent sympathetic sympathetic so like so, so your intention is my I'm intention is i'm going to come in with an open mind relax where i'm not in that fight or flight state where i'm not actively listening to you guys are in an open conversation so i'm getting myself calm in alignment with myself based on the breathing that i'm doing okay yeah, yeah. and to add to what you just said there i i also feel like i mean this is so integrated into the human dna we just don't think about like we're not constantly thinking about it but it's it's in your nature you know so even though it might sound a little complex is not that complex i mean yeah. your body already knows how to do it by instinct but we we live in a society where you don't allow yourself to get that instinct out of you i like i discovered the value of breath by getting in the cold water i i had no knowledge whatsoever of what the breathing needs to be when i get in the cold water but i immediately so like okay i'm hyperventilating when i get in the in this cold water and and i'm dealing with the stress of the cold by being like in a in a like panic mode mm -hmm. so if nobody ever talked to me about the breath but i my instinct mm -hmm. knew what i needed to do and i started like immediately after starting doing more and more cold therapy i i quickly realized there's this very powerful connection with the breath and and slowly I started just closing my mouth, breathing through the nose, and it just opened my eyes to all of that. And then kind of very organically, I came across people that 
are all into this type of stuff, but I, I kid you not, this, everyone knows how to do it. You just need to tap into it and allow yourself to uh, start exploring it. Well, it, it's amazing, right? Because if you think of all the other stuff we're taught, like, and it's human nature to take a lot of the most important things for granted, yeah. which is, it, it just is, right? So like, mm -hmm. it, not demonizing, it's just human nature. Um, a lot of people's best relationships or their spouses, if they don't consciously remind themselves, they take for granted. Yeah. Um, breathing, the first thing you do when you're born, yeah. um, you know, and, and the last thing you do before you die is you lose your breath. Like, I, I, again, one of the goals of this show, and then now, you know, I have future plans, maybe like with a set, not maybe with side educational like centers and stuff like that, is teaching people this stuff, right? Like, imagine if health, we were talking about it the other day, imagine if health was teaching people how to garden. And, and like breath work yeah. and like um, so Jake uh, will probably bring this in in a minute but like you know when we first met these guys I think the very first thing was we did breath work and then we did a balance beam thing barefoot yeah. <laughs> um, which is way harder than it sounds um, and it just showed you how much it, it showed me how much of a little bitch I am because um, <laughs> I thought I was going to be able to handle it but like learning the proper ways to build the body up from the inside out and then the ground yeah. up right mm -hmm. and we make it more complex than necessary when it imagine that you, know, you can teach kindergartners that shit what you yeah. just said exactly. and, and if people grew up if I I don't know that stuff like or you grew up knowing about the chemicals and the stuff in the food and the importance of finding a local farmer um, so you can get your beef you know obviously you gotta have <laughs> the space to put it quarter cow but yeah. <laughs> like but theoretically I just imagine you know maybe Mike doesn't have to deal with that in the hospital and maybe those people don't have those interactions and all those maybe there's way less people in the hospital because yeah. those constant like what is it um, increasing by the small amounts uh, compound effect the compound effect of all those many like little stresses throughout somebody's life mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I think you know to, to that point right there's so much as Luis you said that we just do right as human beings and you know when you were stressed you know when you were relaxed but you don't necessarily know how you controlled it or how your body was reacting to that situation and what you guys are doing and what we lived through, Luke and I, in, in meeting you in Minnesota and getting in that cold water was learning how to apply these skills and control our own bodies, right? So not just letting our bodies do what they will naturally do, but really setting the destination for how our body will handle that next thing that we're about to do. And and honestly, it's an, it's an invaluable set of skills that, you know, Luke, to your point, should be part of the curriculum right mm -hmm. for everybody to learn whether it's in school and health class or you know making sure that everybody hears your message so that they they can adapt these skills in their lives well and that's what's wild right is you have breathing which you can control your states and then your food so we get back to the coke thing right you have people who are working in the hospital who are going through stressful situations whether it's an interaction whether it's on the job whatever stress is happening right well we teach them how to breathe properly number one but also number two you think about the food you're consuming so sugar all you're going to do is send your body into these big peaks to valleys so you're going to be an emotional roller coaster throughout the day so by the end of the day if you're not breathing properly and you're putting horrible food into your body you're just a matchstick waiting to burst mm -hmm. it's i'm actually i think of this a lot which is kind of fucked up but human beings are amazing because the amount of shit we treat ourselves like yeah and the fact that people yeah. are still functioning maybe not optimally but still functioning and not I mean, they're alive it, yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're alive just <laughs> it lasts to a point where it 
they break, and that could be mentally, physically, That's and it's true. like, oh shit, I should have took there's, there's better a lot care of, of myself. And we're seeing more and more of that. For sure, it's coming right. out, and I mean, it's unbelievable, but it comes down, like we talk about breathing food, it's like the awareness factor. Yeah. Like, you're, what's your self-awareness? What's your self-talk with yourself? It's like, I didn't know any of this stuff until I went on my own journey, and like, holy shit, breathing is this rocked my world and then I always loved cooking but what really got me onto the health phase was when Matt was working with MindStrong and they did a, a 30 day like whole foods challenge no processed foods and I like I was like I'm 100% in for this I'm gonna go hard and after 30 days I was like okay I see why we eat like this and you just you don't know until you personally go through it and it's what's really hard like come back to the coke thing people can't be told something they need to figure it out themselves they need to hit a certain part in their life where it's like here's the ceiling when's that become the floor like they need whatever it is in their life to hit it to make it to that next level and be like that's why you're saying that because if you tell somebody that they're like fuck you yeah, don't, right. don't think, tell yeah. me what to do. Don't t- don't take away my coke. Like educate <laughs> yeah. them. Bring it. Get, bring yeah. it to the forefront. Hey, this is why we're gonna do it. Here's the studies. You want to learn more? I'll tell you more. But you have the choice. You're an adult. You can do whatever the hell you want. But this is why we do it. And this is like, I'm living for longevity for my wife, my son. Like I want to be able to play with my son, my grandkids eventually someday until I'm 89 years old. I don't want to be stuck in a wheelchair or in hospice yeah, or right. whatever. What does quality of life look like? 100%. Right? But you know, it's funny what you say. You're 100% right. If you listen to anybody who's transformed their life and gotten onto the podcast circuit or into the speaking circuit or, you know, told their, their story, it's always about them having that moment of transformation and going through it and seeing what life is like on the other side. And the question is, how do we incentivize people yeah. to learn this stuff in order to live the healthy lives and make the right decisions so that they don't wind up in the situations where they have to, I think we have to change the narrative where it's don't celebrate the person that gets on stage saying, I had this incredible moment in my life where I transformed myself. Let's find the person who just always lived that way, right? And start celebrating them so that they're the people that we want to emulate and follow and be like and have the lifetime so that you can you know, remember your why, right? There's a lot of people talk about what's your why, right? And if it's to be present and physically active and have the best quality of life with your family, then then that's your why, right? Mm -hmm. Some people will respond to that and they'll just say, well, I need to do what's easy and I need to survive, right? And that's the thing that we have to figure out how to overcome for them, right? There's like an interesting um, old parable and it's like knowledge is learning through experience, wisdom is learning through other people's experience, right? So Mm -hmm. like hopefully, their people become wiser and they listen to this and uh, they'll hear it. I mean, I have to imagine, uh, I'm guessing with like your work with like saunas and cold plunges, all you guys work with that, that stuff, you have to have seen people get off like anxiety medicine. 100% oh. sounds crazy. Yeah. Dude, it's, can you share some of that? Because I have my own hypothetical in my mind war with like big pharma, right? I, if you're listening, leave me alone, please. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not on your radar. But or like, you can sponsor this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I want to take it. I want to take it. I'll, I'll pay for it out of pocket. Well, I, I think um, from my own personal experience, I, 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 I seen it just through through the cold, basically. That's that's where I seen it the most, you know. Um, just teaching people how to get it into a stressful environment and be okay with it. Um, and then teaching them or, or just giving them the very basic tools of how, this is what's going to happen 
this is how you're gonna feel and it's it's okay mm. we're just so pampered in society these days they're they so soft it's like nobody tells you to get uncomfortable i mean to to put it in a perspective for me like i grew up in guatemala like we don't have winter there you know and my mom always told me like if it's cold outside you, you gotta wear a jacket and you're gonna get sick if you don't do that and it's like and it's now you run around shirtless it's <laughs> the complete opposite of what i do these days mm -hmm. so it's like get out of your comfort zone because you were meant to be more uh, in nature and living you're you're not meant to be living in a soft environment all of the time you know so the call has really taught me that like uh, getting people completely in a very stressful situation because you're gonna jump in that cold water and this is how you're gonna react here's a very simple tool shut through your mouth breathe through your nose and relax your body make amends with that and then to see the after effect of that because then they, they take that human experience and they're like wow mm -hmm. like I, I like I, I kid you not so many people have told me after they get in the cold water for the first time they're like I think I've been depressed like yeah. I have never wow. felt this high level of feeling alive mm. after getting in. It's without like, without a substance. Right. Without, yeah. right. So right. That, that, yeah. that, that's, that's what has taught me like, why are we allowing ourselves to be in comfort all of the time? Right. You it's know, and, and I'll, I'll keep going into the rabbit hole like, food, <laughs> you need to eat breakfast. You're gonna die if you don't eat breakfast. Like, well, and, and now that's terrible. Like it's like yeah. fasting so much better for you. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so it's like, think of all those mini, mini components that society has integrated into your day. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you wake up, you gotta go eat breakfast. Uh, you need not only that, you have to have the incredible edible egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. And the cereal, and the, cereal. and the milk, and yeah. the toast it's with jam, and, and the milk that's apparently from bad cows with <laughs> yeah. chemicals like that. Right. Yeah, and, it, and you, you is there's such a like very long protocol of things that we're allowing ourselves to do all of the time and all we're trying to do like us here is like we're just cutting through the chase yeah. it's like I mean to me when when I first started doing cold therapy that, that was two years after I moved to Minnesota because I hated the winter I was like this is horrible I don't know how people can do it and don't run from and the I pain was in go a, towards it so I I literally started taking cold showers and then quickly I was like this is amazing. I want more of this. So it, without nobody telling me, like I just started not putting a jacket when I would go out to, I'm like, and you didn't I, catch a cold. Yeah, I, I, I'm <laughs> like, I'm not gonna die going mm -hmm. from this building from my house to the car. So it's just micro doses of get uncomfortable, and then in return you you feel awesome. Yeah. You you actually feel happy. It's like a very deep level of happiness. We're all looking for happiness. Is is the 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 the, the the soda pop, you know? Oh, I, I need my Coke. That's what is gonna give me happiness. Really? Is that really what's gonna give you happiness? Let right. me show you. Right. Yes. Let's get you outside. Let's get you and cold. And there's a lot of data around this yeah. now, right? Around um, around the benefits of the cold mm -hmm. and the benefits of being in saunas, right? Yeah. And so, so can you talk a little bit about what that benefit looks like? Because one of the things that I think we have in society is we have a, um, the, the need to have instant gratification, right? Mm -hmm. but, what, but what you're teaching everybody, right? What we've learned is that it the benefits are long-term, right? We're, we're playing for the long game. We're not playing for tomorrow. It's not gonna be an immediate thing where we're gonna see, you know, we're gonna eat locally grown crops and immediately feel better. It'll yeah. be pretty quick, right? But the benefit is, Jake, to your point before, 
what is the end of our life going to look like? Yeah. What are the things that we're going to be able to do longer? And how present are we going to be able to be with our families or whoever you want to spend your time with? And what does that look like versus what we see aging look like today? Mm. I mean, to put it in perspective, if you if you think of all of those things and how we've been wired by society, even if, if we put like exercise into the picture, you need to go to the gym. A workout needs to be you're gonna go all out and hard and you need to be suffering during the workout. It's like, hold on, like, wh what if you're just, if you start just applying all of these little tools that you should be doing daily and, and live with consistency and take care of the body mm -hmm. uh, in a very simple way with the mindset of wh where are you gonna be 10 years from now? Mm -hmm. you, you're not chasing like, oh, I, I wanna, uh, uh, like, I wanna win the championship or I wanna win the race. like cool that you want to do that but uh, like are you really thinking long term here and to like jake's point you know like to me like, i'm a dad like to me like i, I want to be the 70 year old dad playing with the with my grandchild and having fun with them mm -hmm. i can picture yeah. like this shirt off 70 and running around <laughs> shirt off. I, you know, well it couldn't be more of an obvious picture for yeah. me to see Luis doing that. Yeah. yeah well and louise you bring up a really good point in that like these small little changes, right? We have people who think now the whole fitness industry is like, oh, you got to do HIIT workouts five days a week. You got to stress your body. And it's like your entire day is already stressful. Then you go and work out and you add More. stress on top of that. That's yeah. interesting. And you're like, yeah. okay, so I'm now doing 10 hours of stress, both <laughs> physical and mental. And there's a reason why people get burnt out. Then you're not sleeping well. And you're not sleeping mm -hmm. well. Whereas if you implement these small changes, like I've seen people who will work out for decades and not lose weight. And I see people who simply change their diet by like eliminating pop, eliminating certain processed foods, Alcohol. and they'll drop 50, 60 pounds. And then it's sustainable. Whereas the people who are just constantly stressing their body, going into these fight or flight modes, chronic over time, Whereas then you take sauna and cold. Like sauna and cold, we're inducing a stress and teaching you how to recover from that stress. Like we're actually giving you the tools mm -hmm. to recover. And that's the benefit of it where we do it in those areas. And then sauna, you're away from your phone. You're with a community, like you're talking, like there's so many good endorphins happening where you don't need these external substances. And so then you get people who go through it and they're like, wow, this is life changing. And you're like, it's actually quite simple. <laughs> like it's a very simple, and, 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 but and it is life changing. Right. What's mm -hmm. What's really cool is like w when you when you meet people that are drinking the Kool Aid, but you don't know them. There's an instant connection that oh, yeah. goes so deeper. It's, oh, look at it's this. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. whole group. Yeah, but I, I right. you know, like the, all of these guys, they, they were doing this type of stuff before I met them. You know, and and the minute we met, is like it's like a whole different level of bonding that you have with these individuals and you don't even have to speak about it. You just kind of get it. It's, yeah, it's it. really yeah. cool, you know? I feel like, like you said, the piggyback on that, everyone has their own self-discovery when it comes to the cold. It's like you get in the cold for the first time. You don't have to teach yourself to get in the cold. Like, it's the mental battle that gets you in there, and then eventually you wor you f figure out, like, oh, okay, there's certain techniques I can do with breathing to help me stay in there longer and do different things, but it's like that feeling when you get into the cold and then eventually get out, it's like, it's something that you can't teach, but you put someone through, they're like, that makes sense. So is there, is there a, um, I feel like we should caveat in some ways for some people who are listening, what does cold mean? And is there a certain limit of time that is, yeah. that is, you know, something that people shouldn't 
put subject themselves to. So, but it's kind of a that's a great question. And to introduce yourself into it, you could anything under sixty degrees is going to get you the the cold exposure really? benefits. Anything under sixty. So degrees. even a cold shower would work. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's and, how it started. And there's like a you know there's a time frame. Two to five minutes is kind of the optimal time frame. Three minutes is like what we like to talk about a lot. Like if you're in there for three minutes, you're going to get to what's called cold thermogenesis and your body's going to start to sometimes shiver and the shiver is a response to creating internal heat it builds builds brown fat which protects us babies have brown fat to get protected because they can't create it on their own at the beginning at the beginning of their life the shiver helps build Um, that yeah the shiver Mm -hmm. helps with that so we're, we're shivering to to survive and cope with that freezing cold water and it doesn't have to be freezing cold right away. So anything under 60 degrees for two to five minutes, as you work your way up, you want to be under 40 degrees. That's going to get you some crazy good benefits, you know. And then the time frame can even get a little shorter if it's going to be not 55 degrees, for, for example. You know, some people could sit in the 55 degrees for 10 minutes and not get that same rush as the 38 degrees for three minutes. Okay. If so it, it's kind of a range, but under 60 degrees. And, and are, there, are there indications for people if they're just starting out and they, and they jump into the 38 degree water that they should pay attention to that tells them when they should get out? I think just, I mean, obviously, if you have never done it, I would recommend easing to it and, yeah. and have somebody that has done it be by you because mm. they'll understand what you're going to go through. Uh, I kid you not, like, I have seen hundreds of people getting the cold water for the first time. So it, it always is like, okay, this is what's gonna happen. You're gonna get in there, you're gonna be under stress, and you're gonna be hyperventilating, you're gonna be breathing through your mouth very shallowly, and you're gonna be stressing mm-hmm. everything because you're fighting with it, Can't and you wanna get out of it. So it's like, lean into it, relax, and focus on your breathing. And do it just with those two things, relax and focus on your breathing, and then, literally in about a minute if they're doing those two things correctly you can start to notice that their body starts to adapt and starts to make amends with it and you don't really have to teach that to people but there's been several occasions where Mm -hmm. i kid you not i I get somebody i told them what i just told you guys and they just don't do that and it's like and they jump out within the minute it's 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 it's, they've never experienced that the fight or flight mode like that so they they can't physically and mentally handle it so they get out so what i did like to start with the my cold exposure is i was through the wim hof app um and i started with is that free yeah yep and you can call wim hof app guys you can Mm -hmm. you can pay for it too as well but um it started with a 15 second cold shower and i would literally time it on my phone or watch and then work my way up every single day from there so a second more and always like progressive overload they use it in workout terms but you can do the same thing with the cold shower so do 16 seconds the next day and then work you eventually get up to three minutes and you're just sitting in there like okay and then you get to the cold tub and then you get to the lakes it's like everything is a process everything think about it like a muscle the more you train Mm -hmm. it the better you're going to get at it the better you're going to get at the more you're going to get into it and then you get in the rabbit hole of this like and then the 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 cool thing is the how incredible the human body is to adapt to those stressful situations, but you have to kind of, you, you need to get yourself in that position and start doing it 
consistently. consistently. Yeah. We don't um, we don't adapt unless we're stressed out. We don't yeah. respond unless we're stressed out. So we if we're sitting in comfort, we we don't adapt, you know, to what Luis was just saying. Well, that's when the growth happens, it's right? Exactly. When we're stressed and growth when and we're comfort do not coexist, yeah. you know. When we're outside yeah. of the normal the when normal and when it, when it comes to the cold, I this is my own personal opinion, you know, and I'm I might be wrong, but I still feel like we're just seeing the very, very tip of the iceberg with with what it can unintended. Do to you. Yeah, like <laughs> and to me, it it's been a it's been a very organic kind of guinea pig situation. How I've been learning about it because I started with cold showers. Uh, I started then the next year taking my layers off, and it, it, I feel like every year I I get to peel the onion a little deeper, you know. Um, but what's cool is like every winter, because we go through the summer, you, you kind of lose your cold tolerance. So you have mm-hmm. to rebuild it. And every year I'm like, okay, now I'm rebuilding it, but now I'm, I'm gonna try to tap into something new and see what happens to my body. Last, like when I first started going in the, in the lakes, in the cold water, like, you know, I like wearing neoprene gloves, neoprene b- booties, I would get in the water here and I would be like, right here a little stressed mm-hmm. still you know even though I, i've been doing cold showers and all of that but slowly i've been like i want more like and like to the point that the, the this last winter i was like submerging myself to here in the water you know because you i'm can like, barely the poppy stick outside <laughs> the lake yeah, yeah, cool. but it's been like it's been very cool to keep kind of exploring that and this last winter I was like okay I'm, I'm gonna get rid of the neoprene gloves and booties if I'm going in the cold water in the lake and start spending more time barefoot and letting my feet adapt to the cold and like some people were kind of well so, some of you guys saw me running around when we were in Minnesota doing the winter retreat but it, it's crazy to see that the body will adapt you just need to constantly be giving it micro doses of discomfort you know mm-hmm. well the human beings is just interesting how uh, to me everything in life is symbolic of something else right so the way you do one thing is everything mm-hmm. and it's like you're saying like you know you do that and keeps building and we always we always say you know if you do your best every day your best gets better right if you only do 10 push-ups you do 10 push-ups every day you're gonna do 12 in a couple of days mm-hmm. and 16 18 um and, and what you guys are saying is just again everything to me is symbolic so obviously like the way you're saying when when the stressful situation comes just lean into it my my success in my life has been when like difficult situations come i just go into it mm. like there's a jay-z has a quote i basically quote jay-z every episode <laughs> but it's like don't run from the pain go towards it right yeah. to the and storm. it's and it's like um same thing with like like psychedelics like if something is giving you a negative message i was bringing psychedelics too but um you know you don't run from it doesn't mean like you don't fight it you just like okay cool you just lean into it yeah and then it's like oh it's not that bad yeah. it's it's when you go to avoid it yeah is when it catches you it tracks you down like like a bear like like hunt just fucking rips you apart why well, i, I uh, and i kind of shared this with harrison last week uh but i i'm i'm always like, trying to explore deeper certain concepts and last week and i was like i'm i'm gonna what's gonna happen to me if i if i just jump in the cold water right after i wake up <laughs> you know it's the best thing I'll say right out so of the like, movie, but yeah. <laughs> so I kind of like I, I I made the commitment last Saturday it was like a Saturday night that's when the idea came to me what Luis what if you just the minute you get up in the morning you don't have any excuses you're gonna go jump in the cold water right away so I made this mental commitment in my in my mind that the night before and I it's crazy because even I've been doing this for a long time now but I wake up in the morning and my mind is already seeking comfort immediately it's like hold on yeah 
You're gonna especially uh, when it's winter. I, and I, I, I'm gonna go make some coffee, right? I, I caught myself making these excuses already mm-hmm. to kind of delay the process, and I had to almost like slap myself in the face, you know, <laughs> like you told yourself last night that you were gonna do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, and I just went out and I actually took a video where you guys saw it. I, I clipped yeah. the yeah. clip my <laughs> nose. Clip and I'm, I'm was it like 4:30 in the morning? Legendary. No, it's like the day that I sleep in on Sundays, you yeah. know. But I, I, it was like eight in the morning. I think, um, I think it's important though for people to hear, right? So even a wild man like Sauna Poppy, think goes through his head. Yeah, yeah. So it's like th- they still my, have my the same point doubts. Is like it's always a scary. You're gonna have to deal with it. Tap into it. like I kid you not. Know, like I did it three minutes, maybe even four minutes. I don't remember how long. Um, but I get done with that. My wife is with the kids upstairs. She didn't know that I just went to do that, and, and then I come all wet and shivery. <laughs> She's like what were you doing? I'm like, I just jump in the cold water and like the remaining part of the day was so amazing. It's yeah. like I already Coast. did the hardest thing yeah. that I'm going to do today and now I'm going to get to enjoy it, you know? And plus there's all these benefits that I'm going to reap right. from doing Chemically, that. your body yeah. has those benefits, right? That uh, aside from feeling accomplished, mm-hmm. number w- that you put it, you put yourself in an uncomfortable situation, you overcame it, you accomplished it, now your body is actually benefiting from mm-hmm. some of the stuff Harrison you were talking about before about how your body changes with the dopamine release when you have mm-hmm. cold exposure right and yeah. and so increased energy increased mood increased circulation increased mental clarity like less stress it's it's crazy what it does and to to piggyback off Luis's point and we were kind of like introducing people the cold water is cold for all of us every single time we get yeah, it. Yeah, it still sucks. Like every single time it's cold. You're that, it's good for people to hear that though. Yeah, yeah. 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 but it's, it's not like Luis is warm when he's in the cold water, yeah. you know? He's controlling things that have a talk to his brain about how to control that state, you know? And, and, and then that translates before, to right? life skills too. Right, because you, you know that you've accomplished it. You yeah. know that you and can you, survive you it. You can do it. You're not gonna, you're not gonna die, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah, so. It's important to push yourself in, it, in shitty situations. It really situations. is. And, I'll kind of piggyback off what Luis was saying, but like when I was in the corporate world, I was every morning for like the uh, the last year when I was in the corporate world, I would I had an ice freezer in my basement and I would jump in it in the morning. And it was the most stressful thing I would do all day. And I would have to lead meetings throughout the day. And then I wasn't thinking about those meetings at all. I was like, I'm gonna go crush those meetings mm-hmm. now because I crushed that cold exposure and I kept myself accountable and I, I chopped that off right away. You know, so I think like if you have a lot of, stressful meetings in your life and you're thinking about work a lot get yourself cold and do something a little bit challenging in the morning because then you're going to approach those meetings and those stressful situations that previously were stressful with much more grace and ease and knowing that it's not that big of a deal you know yeah yeah you primed your you primed your brain to make a hard decision and and accomplish it so that makes it easier to come into the meeting well fuck that i just took a cold shower for three minutes or jumped in the cold tub i'll, I'll be fine with this yeah, so you're yeah. used to making those hard decisions which makes those other hard decisions throughout the day easier it's kind of symbolic of the approach that you um you're the first one i heard say it at least with with fitness right so with your day you're building it from the ground up like you start your day off you're choosing to do something shitty and get through it not shitty but not pleasant yeah not in a comf- not comfortable is probably the best way to put it mm-hmm. Um, and Jesse also talks about it all the time. Like you got to choose to put yourself in these stressful situations, so that when a stressful situation, not by your choice, you're like, oh, "I do it. This is what I do. I get mm-hmm. through it." Um, and when we first got to Minnesota, the first thing we did was like breath work. The next thing was we took our shoes off, the balance beam. And Jake, you want to share your story, like how you got into like the all these guys? Uh, I'm 
they might have shoes on now. They just walk around barefoot. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So I backstory on how that kind of started. So I I grew up playing hockey. So I played four years in college, one year pro, and my career ended with a, a shoulder injury. And you know, three years later, I was I realized like, holy shit, I'm depressed. Like my whole life, hockey was my identity. That's all I ever thought about. That's what I wanted to do, and nothing else seemed important other than other than hockey so post career realized i was depressed i was like all right i need to do something so me and my now wife we got our house we adopted a dog and i was like all right this is a high strung pup i'm gonna start running with this dog and as a hockey player you don't run maybe do sprints but you don't do anything long distance running why is that you don't have to just watch how they run then you figure it out (laughs) (laughs) it says it it long runs doesn't really correlate with with hockey i mean you're getting the muscles enough, you have to use for yeah, skating yeah, yeah, and you're getting move. enough cardio skating so you don't yeah. need to get that from running um so started running and then i was introduced to trail running and, and trail running is very uneven surface up and down like you name it type of thing and it was just wreaking havoc on my lower body i was like well being curious i was like i'm going to do research to figure out how to strengthen my lower body and i came across this uh instagram account called the foot collective and kind of their is it whole still around yep. oh yeah all oh right yeah. so guys they're foot collective they're big time so they're, they're kind of their whole philosophy is it, everything starts from the ground up it was like that makes so much sense so they were utilizing the balance beam like kind of what you saw so they have like a different version i made my own so i was like i can make that all I'm gonna Could, do th- can you talk a little bit about the design because when we were told be prepared for balance beam work yeah I, you know i pictured what you see at the olympics when they gymnastics. do beam work right but yeah. gymnastics but that's not at all what what yeah, yeah. you're right. describing right so <laughs> my balance beam is like i there's at menards is a local shop down where we live is uh i got a four foot inch and three quarter diameter dowel that lays horizontal on the ground about what is inch a dowel? it it's a long piece of wood circular okay. it's it's kind of like it's kind of like a, a stronger broomstick yeah, right? yeah. or it, yeah. i mean it looks it looks like a, a close hanger rack close hanger rack right so in, uh, and, yeah. and then i made cradles for it to rest on the ground so it doesn't spin or it stays in place and there is this an endless array of exercises and stretches you can do that strengthen your toes, your ankles, the bottom of your feet, your knees, your hips, and then the stabilizing muscles that keep you and able to balance. You can't. It's hard to. It's hard to train those muscles without balancing and getting your body off kilter for those muscles to fire without even you thinking so the the longer i was doing it i was so i started on my own just i had no intention to start what my company is now um and i just would eventually have another a guy work out with me I'm like what the hell is that thing i was like that's my beam <laughs> he's like well, okay let's try it and they tried it and they understood like oh this is this is humbling yeah. And Very and humbling. then it's like I made one for I made one for Harv at Mindstrong and Nick Bukestad he plays in the NHL and they started using it and it just eventually word of mouth grew into like all right I could I could maybe put an LLC behind this and it's just it's really cool to see how it started organically. You built the business from the ground up. Hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Literally I, 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 I literally I like message jake I, I saw him i'm like this is incredible one on one of those things you know he's the, like to me he's like the most balanced individual i have ever met in my entire life and probably <laughs> everyone agrees here yeah. on that 
but it's crazy. Like it's so humbling and it's so simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if you see if you see Jake's feet, yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know how you can have strong feet, but you, he does. It, it, they <laughs> look strong, but they also almost look like hands, right? Yeah. And and I, I imagine that the beam work is a big part of what's been allowed, uh, what allows you to control all the different muscles in your feet in a different way to support your balance and life. You know, in ways that many of us just don't ever tap into. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, just to kind of with hockey players especially. So right now I work at the uh, a gym called the Base Sports Performance and we're specializing in training hockey players right now and eventually moving over to other athletes in, in the normal gym public. But you know, if you're in a hockey boot, it's a hard plastic boot and you're and the toes on the boots are not, you know, they're not wide relatively base. wide based. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of hockey players' toes are just jacked up. I mean, tucked under each other, and that's the same with you know 95% of the world with wearing shoes every mm-hmm. single day. Technically, you're able to you're you should be have the dexterity of your fingers with your with your feet and your toes. Think about that. I mean, yeah. like think like have you if you ever seen like a YouTube I'm video or or shows I gotta, I gotta of, get of people <laughs> that lost their upper limbs, but they're but using they their, their feet, feet to yeah. paint to do all these yeah. different to things. Write hold a pen yeah, and absolutely and it's just it comes down to the consistency and the systems you put in place to to create those daily habits to i'm to gonna f- buy one of these beams from you to find you should have one i yeah. should but it never got sent to me you never <laughs> got i'll send you one because you're supposed to have one dude i'll thank you yeah <laughs> so it, and it's just like i i personally felt the benefits and i started wearing toe spacers to make sure that my toes were properly aligned because if you're if your toes are not aligned and you're taking a step that means your gates off that means you're overcompensating with different parts of your body which is causing injury in your lower back hip but you think it's your lower back or hip toe spacers. but it's like it's yeah, something it to sense. do matt's got them on Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> so that's literally getting—that's getting your your toes the way that it should properly track. So that you think about your body like a machine. Like a machine is going to move the same way functionally, you know, stacked on top of each other, making sure everything's working in alignment, so other parts of the system don't fail. Mm-hmm. So if you if you start from the ground up and strengthen your toes, your bottom of your feet, your ankles, then you're not overcompensating in different parts of your body. And then you can, once you get that functional strength, obviously starting from the ground up, then you can start worrying about your your other training that's going to help you become faster as an athlete or depending on your sport. It's like, let's get this, let's get the mobility down so you can move correctly before you try and squat 350 pounds and only go down six inches. Like, there's a reason why, because the ankle flexibility isn't there, your hips are tight, like... Or your toes gripping the mat, right? Yeah, if you if you're working out barefoot sure. and being able to ground yourself while you want to push that weight yep. back up, for sure. But and that, that, yeah, and that's not what major shoe companies want you to know, right? No, yeah. yeah, everything should be cushioned, and it's this. It's been. A, I mean, at at one point, I could I could sprint in the woods completely barefoot for a five k, wow. and, and it was it was eventually like it's like the cold the more you do it it started with just walking in my yard doing yard work then it was walking around the block with my wife then i was walking in the woods and i was like i went for a walk with my dog i was like all right let's try it started running and it was like the most freeing experience i've ever felt in my life i was like okay this This is is like this this is lifestyle this is cool so um i'm just trying to like 
I got to do this, man, because I'm just thinking about my feet are always hurting mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I like, mean, it's yeah, it it it's as simple as just start spending more time barefoot, you know. Yeah. But like, I can you know like, I think if you just pay attention to like babies or or kids, I mean, think think how barefoot malleable how 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 their feet move when they're very young you know Mm -hmm. and uh, how they nobody teaches them how to crawl nobody teaches them how to walk nobody teaches them how to squat Mm -hmm. those are all human our society teaches us opposite yeah yeah so it's like okay no 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 let's get them in shoes Mm -hmm. let's get them in a chair so sit them in a chair all day you're you're already getting rid of your squat you're getting rid of connecting with the ground yeah and so when I had met Jake, I had started to do more barefoot stuff um, and balance beam work. But I, I had moved back to Minnesota in 2019, had double hip surgery, two labral repairs, um, shaved down the bone of my hips. Like I was dealing with nerve pain, hip pain, low back pain, all of that. And you were battling. Yeah. Yeah. Battling. And through that whole transition, like, yeah, that surgery helped. Is this also before the food? This is before the farm too. Um, but during that process, one of the big things was, is I started transitioning to more zero drop shoes where you don't have that lifted heel and then barefoot stuff, working on my toes, my foot, ankle strength. And I can tell immediately when I step into a shoe that has a higher heel and has a narrow toe base, my hips flare up like that. Wow. It's yeah. immediate. And so now I'm like, I'm barefoot or I'm wearing the minimalist What's shoes. What's a good running zero drop? Because I'm, I'm starting to run. Ultra, Vivo, um, Lem. Yeah, those are really good. Yeah. Or Vivo barefoot has. And then has Vivo are these ones. These are. What about barefoot. the what about the shoes? I think was it the vibrant Vive? toe shoes yeah. Yeah. with the toe shoes? Are, are those beneficial? So you yeah. don't need the spacers or yeah. earth runners. The, these earth runners sandals are amazing. I think it's pers- You can you can be the judge and explore because everyone's different yeah. yeah i mean i i discovered i went through multiple shoes to figure out which ones i like and it was it started i had before i understood like the importance of feet in the zero drop shoes i was just i had brooks running shoes mm-hmm. for the road running and then eventually got to the ultras wide toe base zero drop and it was like slowly worked my way down because you can't go from zero to yeah. 100 yeah. on yeah. anything you'll have alone. an injury right away yeah, yeah. totally it's I, like so what should i start with i would honestly i think the, these zero drops are i have to add something in so i had always run in running shoes and i had been a big runner until i started hanging out with all these guys and being barefoot and lo- rolling my feet on a lacrosse ball every day and walking on jake's balance beam and being super humbled um and then i got these ultras zero drop ultras and I ran Hell on the Hill, Jesse's event with them. Yeah, yeah. The first time I ever ran in them was that race, and I I did really well in the race, and I had no issues in my feet, calves, nothing. Like it was it was amazing. Every other time I run, I get blisters and things like that That's from like the half marathons I run. And I ran in these. They're wide base, didn't time too tight, and it had like it was just an amazing result. So it's yeah it's good to know what you're doing but like all of these options are are good options you know and so you just and to that to, to that point matt you said something really interesting and i think important to highlight when you put your foot in a regular type running shoe you said you felt it in your hips and i think that a lot of people don't realize that the knee pain that they have the hip pain that they have the lower back pain that they have is based off of their their body 
positioning, which in large part is based off of the shoe that they choose, mm-hmm. which is also large part based on you know what's cool and what's out there yeah. and what should I what should I you know buy for a status as opposed to what is functionally going to help me walk and get from place to place in a way that will support my own health and and avoid that pain right comes well, down to the awareness factor yeah, yeah. if you don't know factor. you don't know right you well, don't know exactly. and the funny thing about shoes is like the pointy shoes developed for higher end society back in the early like 800s 900s early thousands and so you started to then put people in these narrow shoe boxes whereas the peasants were wearing wide toe box yeah. shoes aesthetically the narrower shoes look better than like a wide toe based box shoe because it kind of looks like a duck foot then but we're kind of realizing how bad that is for us like the orthotics industry the like or we heels should, right for the yeah. same people that are wearing the pointy yeah. shoes and wearing heels and bunions like no human right. should have a bunion like yeah. that is not a normal thing but people have now started to normalize that like oh when i get older i'm gonna have bunions and yeah. it's like well well because it's easy to just get it taken care right. of right and again it's that instant gratification of right. a quick I'm gonna, fix the quick yeah. fix right a, lo- a lot of what we've been talking about is how society's conditioning us to operate in ways that big companies kind of make money off, you know, yeah. like the shoe world, the food world, not having breath involved so you can do medical fixes, right. you know, not these holistic measures. And a lot of it is all the ground up. And it's like if your feet are right and your breathing's right, you're not going to have any of these issues. Right. Like seriously, all a lot of the chronic diseases and issues and hip pain and knee pain and lower back pain, which results in us being sedentary, and then us breathing through our chest is resulting in our, our chronic issues these days, you know. So a lot of it is how society is shaping us to think we need to act some type of way. And what we're all doing is like on a mission to change the lifestyle experience, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It's the lifestyle. It's not just one thing. It's not just the breath for me. It's not just the feet for Jake. It's the breath, the feet, the food, the the loving and caring of his his family yeah. and the cold and the sauna, you it's, know. So it's yeah, it's the yeah. lifestyle. It all goes and, and it's, it's so simplistic. The point of all of this is like is you just get a you gotta get back to the basics as a uh, what are the what is the the bottom line of a human you know and can you can you explore that with a very simple I mindset to start tapping into that it's not too complicated we have made it so complicated yeah and I mean it takes like to, to 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 kind of segue a little or, or just give you a, a a perfect example that I'd love to share with you was like look at animals in the nature they they all look the same mm-hmm. they, they don't have very big differences among themselves you know you look at a group of deer living in nature there they all look up pretty much the same mm-hmm. right what are they doing they're doing the things that they need to do in order to survive all mm-hmm. of the time period Right. And they're not eating because of a clock. They're eating because they're, they're not, hungry, right? Yeah. They're so, moving around to get their food. They're dealing with what the day is going to bring, what the environment is going to bring. But they're just doing that. They're just doing that, you know? So it's like, why do we allow ourselves to be so detached from that human nature? And just like, well, and it's some a, of it a strip back to the core. To you that know? point, right? Is, is Think about a lot of the jobs that exist for people, right? their jobs, especially over the last couple of years, have put them at a chair, in a chair, in front of a desk, in front of a computer for eight to 10 hours a day. And maybe now they're doing it at home, so they're not even walking to their car or walking to the subway and then walking to their office. They've literally lost all those steps. Mm -hmm. And it's not just about 
getting back to, to nature. A lot of the things that people do when they go to the gym is to substitute the fact that they're sitting all day long, right? And they have yeah. to get some activity in. And so the question is, how do we in, I, educate people to, to get back to those basics? Mm -hmm. Walking meetings. Walking meetings. Like here's, the, here's I mean, or here's standing. the thing, right? Standing. Like if you're sitting, your body's not circulating blood that well. So if you want to have productive meetings, think about more active meetings, whether it's walking, if you have access to a sauna, or if your office can get a sauna, sauna meetings are the best. Mm. You're most focused on that person in that environment. There's no distraction. Those conversations are They're usually more open meetings. too, right? Oh, They're way more great. open. The most vulnerable. Yeah. So like, sauna talk is the best. Yeah. <laughs> so like anything that you can get blood flowing, you're going to have better ideas. You're going to have better thought processes, better conversations. And so I think like when you have somebody, again, that sits in a meeting all day, that person's lost after meeting two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's useless. Yeah. It's right. They're lost in meeting one. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Usually seven minutes in is yeah. the average. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so why do we keep doing that in corporate America? I don't get it. Yeah. Because it's the norm. Right. No, I, one, well, no one wants to break that social cue. And, and they don't want to acknowledge, right? This is, I think, a, a big challenge in, in corporations. They don't want to, want to acknowledge that most of that work just doesn't need to get done. No. Yeah. Those conversations don't need to take place and it's a waste of resources. But what the, what that means ultimately is that there's gonna be a lot less people who are employed if people are gonna be For sure. rec recognizing that, right? Yeah. And way more efficient. And so, uh, and so in the absence of people wanting to solve for that problem, they just let it continue. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think we, we have this tendency to always be chasing a carrot Mm -hmm. in front of us so th there's always even if you're an athlete you're training because you want to you want to win the gold you know that's cool but what if you were just living your life at the ma at the best capacity mm -hmm. for you that you have you for know right, yeah. I, I have a, a great example that i'll share with you guys i i remember and this is i kind of look back to my how i have kind of discovered some of these things but i remember living in guatemala watching like the equivalent of like the Tour de France race in Guatemala, you know? And I, I, I shared this story <laughs> with Harris on the other day, but I was watching it on TV. I'm like a teenager, you know? I, I have this memory of these guys, the two professional cyclists going up on this mountain in Guatemala. And the, the camera is following these guys, you know? And they're professional athletes trying to win this race, you know? And here they come along this little guy that lives in the mountains in Guatemala, who's riding a very crappy bicycle um, he's going up the mountain, but little that they knew that this guy was living in nature and doing this type of thing, and he probably just lived there all of the time riding his bike. And here these guys come; they're trying to, f they're competing against each other, and you can see it. Thousand dollar high end. Yeah, bikes. and they get next to this guy, and this guy is like, oh, like <laughs> <laughs> who, who are these guys? And there's a camera. He's like, he, he, you can see the excitement on this guy. And he just he wasn't in the race. He wasn't no. in the race. He's this is a random guy yeah, that yeah. lives in the mountains in Guatemala. Mm -hmm. He's not training professional cycling. Yeah. You know, he's not chasing winning a race. Right? Here comes these guys. And he's like with a big smile on his face and he's just riding the bike next to this professional athlete. And they're pushing as hard they're, as they can. And, and this guy is literally kicking their butts basically <laughs> yeah. in a crappy bike, just going with them and the guys couldn't get rid of this guy. You wow. know, and all of a sudden he got to the, the road that he was gonna take and <laughs> he, just he just disappeared. Guys. Yeah. He, he had no idea. So that, I imagine how many people are out there that live in nature probably, or they're not wired to be competing. Yeah. 
but we just if we have even this misconception that everything needs to have a reward always and dude like we're not tapping into our real mm -hmm. like yeah and we can get into the whole conversation around what does that goal even look like when you achieve it and are people satisfied when they get it or did they actually find that the value was in that journey of it's just trying to achieve yeah. it right so that's, that's what exactly what i was just going to say it's it's not like you get that big thing and then the day after it's like oh fuck what it's, next it's uh, it's yeah. the process that gets you there and fall in love with the daily habits that you put in place for yourself to be like i gave everything i could to get myself to this point so i have no regrets on how i train no regrets on how i live my life so it doesn't matter if i win or lose but i'm going to give it my best not worry about like whatever one else is thinking about me i know i gave myself a best opportunity to succeed in this area and then it's you don't have to worry about all oh, this i need that win to feel a certain way because it's never it's never that's never the answer and i think that's really hard for people to understand so that's why we're all so passionate about what we do because we teach the systems that we put in place to get to to get ourselves there once we get to that whatever goal it is or you know it's not even a goal it's just we're we're living a way to Fulfilled. be it's a, yeah, it's a lifestyle exactly. yeah. it's a it's, lifestyle yeah. you know right because that goal is 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 probably when we're all on our you know deathbeds looking right back, looking back yeah. for sure and saying like that was an incredible life. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and Jake, right. you brought up a good point of like post hockey. Like I dealt with a post football in college. It's like, well, what's next? It's like, like depression. Yeah. I, right. And a lot of us who are athletes in college dealt with that of like, well, that was my identity for 22 years of my life. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I grew up playing sports. I love sports. Now I have to go into work. Like what is this? Yeah. What yeah. is this work thing? And I think we, we always are fighting this and like my escape was getting into hiking and doing all of that well then i had my hip injury my nerve stuff and that was taken away from me i was like who am i like what am i doing and now it's like my new identity that people say is like oh you're farmer matt but it's like during now like my process now it's different it's like rather than attaching to that identity it's like well, what are the processes i enjoy yeah. mm -hmm. like, yeah. what are the things that i enjoy that are surrounded by that where like if that identity was taken away what else do i have right um and it's something that i think we have to learn to grow to develop mm -hmm. but it's also like you think about the business world right like we were talking about this the other day yeah like, yeah as like there's a study that came out and it's on the human lab podcast about happiness and it's like you start to get less happy between your mid thirties up until your kind of early to mid fifties. Responsibilities are added, like all this stuff happens. You get less happy. You see divorce rates start to go up. Like all of this stuff happens and it's like, you forget the day-to-day -day things that make you happy. Like you just forget about that process. Your identity is work. And people chase an external happiness, right? right. Yeah. So mm -hmm. versus like an internal happiness and, and um, I think what everybody always says they're chasing happiness and stuff, or they want to be happy. I think that's terrible. I think they should things should be, and uh, but I think they mean fulfillment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Happiness is such a up and down emotion and fleeting. I think fulfillment is sustainable. Yeah. Purpose. Um, purpose. Purpose. Yeah. Right. And, and we were talking about it with like people. They're selling these widgets they don't believe in for companies they don't care about, and they're missing time with their family. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, like every year has been happier and better for me, or more fulfilling. But it's, I think all of us probably here, at least especially probably not at all of our points in our lives, but right now probably feel the same way, because we're all doing things we believe in with people we believe in, 
like as these dudes are all working together um and <laughs> i appreciate like i'm doing podcasts like this with like people that are super interesting and, and open-minded and can teach people um and, you know mike and thank you again and radio x man um Thanks, i know mike. we're a little over Thanks, i think we'll, we'll 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 cash Thanks, it out here but um guys this has been you know an absolutely incredible episode and hopefully if there's two messages maybe probably a lot of them but like if there's a couple messages it's from what i got out of it for, for the listeners hopefully you get this too it's embrace hard times or hard situations embrace it go into it come out of it and and what you guys said before like had me thinking because i used to be in phenomenal shape i used to be a pretty good athlete but i don't have that next sport to train for and now i'm thinking like yo i'm just gonna train for life mm. i'm thinking 10 years down the line i've never thought that way it's like longevity like i'm like a power lifter like type guy yeah and now i'm thinking like i'm literally like, i'm gonna get these running shoes and, and i'm gonna start training differently but hopefully you know you guys make it your lifestyle and then people learn from social conformity so if the more people that are doing this the more people that will do this mm-hmm. for right? sure yeah right so spread that torch like yeah you know bring that torch the listeners to your your friends and, and stuff like that and, and this will be a, a better place um so again we call it free yep one last thing we do have a retreat yeah so oh my bad yeah, yeah, yeah. Our retreat. yeah so we will be running two different retreats we've got one in january so january 20th to the 22nd and february 18th to the 20th we're doing so, so the dates again january 20th to the 22nd and then february 18th to the 20th we'll have um it's pretty much going to be a similar to the north the northern experience you guys had up there um sauna ice breath work movement nature we'll be doing farm to table cooking so jake and i will do the cooking um we source from all local organic farms each one of us is going to yep. lead like a type of performance seminar basically our different specialties and we're going to collide on all those things so basically what we're talking about right now we're going to give people tools to apply to their life you know it's incredible so and, and how do time. these people access it so Again, we found out we had a large listening and downloading. Uh, most of it's through like iTunes, and Spotify. Um, I got to step up the social we, media. We can send you, we can send you the link. But, but just we have, put it, say it right now so they so can find it. So it's truenorthexperiences.com. Truenorthexperiences.com, guys. You. Yep. Yeah, and you 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 come experience the real winter yeah. with us. It's you know? a sauna poppy. Yo, the craziest <laughs> shit. One of the craziest things I've done in my life was was this experience in Minnesota. It was, it was in a life changing. Life you know, absolutely life changing, and the, and probably the single most frequent thing that I've talked about all year this year since we met back in February. The, the, the biggest compliment that I have received probably in my life was it, it came from you guys experiencing the winter, uh, the way that we showcased it, it, like the comments that I got right after that was done, everyone's life completely changed from it. I it's mean, it, it changed our lives. Yeah. I was, I was able to share my childhood with a group of people that I've never met in the intimate vulnerable way and it, it we poured our lives in the way we lived there wasn't there wasn't any bullshit from us this mm-hmm. was like who we are to the core as people and be able to share that with you guys and to see the feedback and yeah. how much it changed you guys it was like the biggest spark of fire underneath us to be like all right i'm in alignment here i'm gonna stay on this path and do whatever i need to keep on that because it was I mean it was it was life changing for us as well and, yeah. and it didn't we didn't I don't I don't think we knew at the time that it was like a once in a lifetime thing that that was taking place in that moment not only for us but for all of you and I think it's incredible now that you've come up with a way to continue that yeah with true north experiences mm-hmm. because to have more people have that opportunity to see 
and experience life in all the ways that we just talked about is just, it's life changing and it should be a requirement for everybody in life to go through. It teaches people to have an open growth mindset. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people have that closed, closed mindset where they think whatever they're doing is the only way that's the right way. It's like, be curious, not judgmental. Be, be adaptive, observe, observe like, like figure out what makes you tick as a human being and you need to explore and fail and do all these things to figure out what works and what does not. And this is a great way to open up that avenue with the cold, with the nutrition, like all the things that we teach and preach that we live ourselves to be like, okay, I can explore. I have my own human being. I think my own ways. I can, you know, think about my emotions. I can be sad. I don't need to be happy all the time. Like there's a time and place where you can feel all your emotions and you can act properly with those motions by your breath by the way you handle yourself so it's it's pretty cool to see where we've come in one year and kind of i'm excited to see what the hell we're going to be doing in five years and and if i could just add to it after living through it with what you what you create and experiences for people you can bring that back and you can adapt it into your own personal life you don't have to be in minnesota or wisconsin in order to experience it and, and I think that that's one of the strengths of what you created is that the tools are available to take home with you, mm. right? And so for me, I've adapted as much as I, I possibly could. And even today, just learned a tremendous amount more that's going to be incorporated back into my life. And so take it's it great. You. Thank, yeah. thank you, guys, man. Thank you. And, and thank you. I always want to thank Mike, the host. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Radio yeah. X, man. I hope everybody got something. Again, always free game. Um, you know, it was Dustin, it was Rain. I had it in a vision, but free unrestricted game life advice so hopefully you guys got something from it and uh thank you to everybody cheers thank you thanks luke